Please no. You quit that <laughs> No one needs to understand how how small this actually is. So so to ease this off the oh. subject our oh. subject, you could just walk away. Do you need me to pull pull up photo images? No. Do you understand that bears We don't care. Bears in ordinary to hibernate, eat a bunch of twigs, mud, and leaves before hibernation. Which then causes them to be constipated while they hibernate, so they don't have to worry about shitting themselves. <laughs> Fun fact. I can't remember the name of what it's called. Oh, it's a fecal plug. That's what it's called. Fun fact. When bears hibernate, they create themselves a fecal plug. <laughs> you did this, Matt. Come here for magic. Stay for the fecal plugs. <laughs> It's a pretty good motto. Oh. Come here for the magic. Can't leave because of the fecal plugs. <laughs> I don't think we're going to end this topic on fecal plugs, but that is not the way this, this uh, how about you? How about you get at some Taco John's? That way we can break down these Taco fecal John's plugs. Or Taco, Bell's? Taco John's. Your Baja Blast is at Taco Bell. Baja Blast, Taco Bell. Six pack in a pound, Taco Bell. Got it. You guys like <laughs> Toco, it's actually Taco Loco, or Loco Taco. Oh my God. What did you do, Matt? You <laughs> knew that wasn't going off track so far. I'm making great A content here. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstad. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode number 84 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We are your hosts, I'm Matt. Over there we got Danny. What's up? And we don't have JB. He is celebrating one of his little Boggles birthdays today. So yep, yep. he is he is having fun time eating a crap ton of confetti cake and probably having a sugar rush, I would imagine. I think he's out for dinner right now. That's what he said. With cake and a sugar rush. I swear to God, if they went to Chuck E. Cheese and didn't invite us, <laughs> we're going to have some problems. Preston! <laughs> go, go kick down Chuck E. Cheese. Ah. <laughs> uh. But yeah, uh, JB's not here. We got some news and stuff to tell you. But before we jump into that. Uh, <laughs> if we would have gone there, we wouldn't have to worry about fecal plugs. <laughs> Just running right out. All that grease. You can't even deny it. It's you would literally just hit the bathroom the moment we're done eating. I'm trying to like I mean I can make I can make jokes or comments, but it's like I want to keep people here. <laughs> no, I gross them out. My God, I can't believe we're doing this. Okay. This week in fecal plugs. Oh God, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> we're not starting. We're not starting this episode like that. Oofta. Oofta, <sighs> indeed. This would have been even worse with JB here. Oh my God. Would have been. It would have been. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been. There would have been fart noises that he would have made. Most likely. Most likely. Anyway, moving along. So before we tell you what this episode is going to be about, we're going to play an ad from our amazing sponsor, J-Dubs Now. 
Thank you for listening to This Week in MTG. If you would like to show support for us, you can check out our amazing sponsor, J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming, located in the Westacre Malls in Fargo, North Dakota. They are your one-stop shop for all your magic purchases. They are always stocked up with Ultra Pro and Dragon Shield sleeves and playmats, Commander Precon decks, plus they have an abundance of booster boxes ranging from Amonkhet to Zendikar. J-Dubs also buys and sells magic singles at competitive prices. Their display case and binders are full of format staples, hidden gems, and other cards for you to bling out all your decks with. With those cards you just bought or traded for, you can make a modern or legacy deck so you can play in the Weekend Discord League. Entrance is $10 and games are played over Spell Table. Links are in the show notes. When you reach out, make sure to let them know the guys over at This Week at MTG sent you. Now let's get back to the episode. Thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. Now, dear listeners, if you also want to support us, you can check out our Patreon page that we got. You can become a Patreon if you enjoy our very interesting content of magic that we do. And we have perks of being a Patreon member. First off, at one of our tiers, you get entered in for a drawing uh, to win a random booster pack this month's booster at the beginning of the month so yeah you get put in a drawing once a month to get put in for this booster pack and then at the next tier you get put in for a card that's valued at 15 dollars plus and right now we are gonna read those off because i forgot i gotta pull this information up yeah so now let's pull up a random number generator 16 16 could count. Minimum. I don't know. I just said 16. Okay. So, for the pack, this month's pack. Like, yeah, we kind of go out of the way and get kind of cool packs. If you're watching the video, we got uh, a pack of Battle Bond that we're giving away to one of our $3 uh, patrons. So, let's do a random generation number. We got... Oh, my God. 16? No. We got D Moose winning a pack again. Well, oh my God, what are we doing? Good luck, good job. Do you want to pick one, split one, or rip one? <laughs> no, can't do that. And then the second winner of the card at our next tier, D Moose. Just kidding. <laughs> I have no idea. Not D Moose. We have Big G. Nice. Big G won a helm of the host. Hel- uh, host. Helm of the host. Yeah. We give these away once a month to all of our patrons. We'll ship them out to you, so we'll send out con- we'll send out information to get your contacts and addresses, and then we'll mail those out to you. Uh, the larger our Patreon goes, the more booster packs and the more cards we will be giving out once a month. So uh, spread the word if you want to be entered in for these packs. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's worth a shot. The, the three dollar tier once a month for a chance to win a booster pack. Last month we gave away. Um, a Keldheim set booster, mm-hmm. and a uh, the 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 twenty dollar card for the next tier up was uh, Infernal Tutor. So yeah, there's the Patreon pitch, and from there, let's give you guys the breakdown how this episode is going to be laid out for you. So without JB, we don't have a Boggle Desk. Well, we do have a Boggle Desk, but I'll take mm- you guys at the Boggle Desk. Well, neither of us can fit there. Yeah, it's pretty short. Have you ever seen a really tall person at a kindergart- kindergartner's chair before? When I go to uh, my son's <laughs> school uh, 
ah, oh, geez, why am I drawing a blank? The the midterms. Parent teacher conference. There we go. The parent teacher conferences. We got to sit down in the the chairs the size of kids, and to though it's hard to tell right now, but I am a partial giant. I'm six five. I'm pretty large. So I'm sitting in a chair that's made for a person that's three foot tall, <laughs> and so it looks very funny. And so sitting at the boggle desk is going to be kind of the same thing for me, but I'm not good. Good news is I'm not actually going to be sitting at that kind of a chair. It's metaphorical and all that stuff. What we're trying to say is JB is very short. That was a long joke. It was. But JB, you're short. I know you're not going to listen, but you're short. You over-explained. It's not funny anymore. (laughs) So go to the boggle desk. After that, Danny's going to give us a blogatog of the week. And then we got two weeks of news to catch up. So we're going to do cramming in a bunch of quickies and try not to deviate too much. And... Then after that, we're going to go to the finance section. We're going to talk about price of cards from MTG stocks because we're greedy, greedy magic players. That's how this stuff works. Uh, pending how things go, most likely not going to have a deck of the week because of the amount of news that we're going to try and cover. And then from there, y'all can go home and have a good evening. So with that, I had to quickly scrape together some ev- event results. Uh, we're just doing this last weekend. First off, one of the biggest things that happened was the league weekend. We had Andre Strasky rattled off an 11-1 win in the Strixhaven League weekend and took the top spot in the MPL and clinching his spot in the World Championship and a returning position of the MPL for the next season. He was running a Demir Rogues list with Luris as the companion. Imagine that. Yeah, so Thieves Guild Enforcers, four Rune Crabs, four uh, Merfolk Wind Robber, four Soaring Thought Thieves, Disdainful Stroke, Mystical Dispute, four Into the Story, four Drown the Lock, four of One Mine, uh, two Lull Mage's Domination, three Adjutim's Awakening. This deck looks pretty solid. I mean, it's it's just a what you expect of Rogue-style decks, you know? Uh, and, and this was the deck that he was playing... Crippling Fear, Skyclave, Shade. This deck looks good. Took it down League Weekend with that. Congratulations. Uh, next place, we had Li Shen Tine coming in with a 10-2, raking in 31 points. Andre Stransky had 44 points t- total. Uh, Martin Yuza coming in a 9-3 record. Gabriel Nassif, 8-4. Seth Manfield, 8-4. Ken Yukihiro, 8-4. Carlos Ra- Ramo, coming in with 8-4 as well. But then we have the rough standard win matrix for this weekend. This is the win rate. Oh, no, this is the historic win matrix. Because they also did historic. This uh, is all, this is data collected from MTG data. They grab information from the Star City tour, the satellites, the champ qualifiers. They pulled information from Insight, Esports CA Tier 1 IQs, uh, the Jaffer MTG Bajan Blue Majin series, and they pull from the MPL and Rivals League weekend. The number one deck is Jund Food with a win game. Win game. Oh my god. JB, how do you do this? How does he do this? This is not my element. Nope. Win rate. The win rate. Do you want me to take this over? You got this? Sure, I'll take it. Tag in. Because I can actually operate Twitter. (laughs) 
Oh my god. No, it's uh Jun Food, uh it's about two hundred and twenty three decks. It's about fifteen point five percent of the meta. Um it's running at a fifty three percent win rate against meta. Next we have Orzov Auras, it's about hundred and fifty nine decks, but eleven point one percent of the meta win rate sitting at fifty one point three. Then we move to Saltai Ultimatum mid range, there's about hundred and thirteen decks, just under eight percent. Win rate of a 45.8. Then we have Mono Red Agro sitting at 80 decks, about 5.6%, with a win rate of 54.2%. Then we have Bance Mid Range sitting at 70 decks, um, about 4.9, with a win rate, win rate of 52.3. Next, we have Gruel Agro sitting at 65 decks currently, with a 4.5% share of meta, sitting at a 50.3% win rate. We have Demir Rogue sitting at 61 decks, about 4.3, with a 53.4% win rate. We have Alora's Control sitting at about 59 decks, um, with a win rate of 48.6 against meta. And then we have Sultai Ultimatum Combo sitting at 54 decks, um, just under 4%, with a win rate of 54.8%. And then we have Jun Jun Company uh, sitting at 49 decks. It's win rate of 51.6. Abzan mid-range is 44 of those decks. We have 47.4%. And then Other, which is 458 decks, sitting at 31.9% meta with a win rate of 45.9%. There you have your stats. Links in the description down below if you're looking for more on that. And then hopefully JB will be back next week and take his rightful throne at the Boggle Desk. Yeah, I'm just giving a shit because Twitter isn't that hard to operate. Click on it. Zoom out. It's not that hard. What's next, man? No, no. Why Why are you doing over there? Why is this link showing up your blogatog, Danny? Which one? For the uh, upcoming events. I could not tell you, bro. All right. Give me one second while I try and find this link again. The Strixhaven pre-release event is going on at Channel Fireball again. So I got to get that information pulled up so y'all can have that. Somehow my link got hijacked, Danny. Was not me. Oh, man. Put a link, and then the link gets hijacked. Okay, we'll go off of the tweet until this loads then. Should have locked it. Honestly, I wasn't expecting you to. I did (laughs) nothing. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Check my link. Okay, so on the channel Fireball Twitter, are you ready to party on the Strixhaven quad? All you need to participate in this Strixhaven pre-release party are some packs from your LGS webcam and a spell table account. You can join the fun. The pre-release starts April 16th at 6 p.m. and it goes on till April 18th at 9 p.m. You can pick up your kit from your LGS and have a merry old time with that. Those are what we got for you at the Boggle Desk this week. From that, pass it off to Danny. Yep, yep. So we have no bans. I don't foresee a ban coming anytime soon. Unless Bone Crusher gets banned like a week before he goes off of standard. It's not like Bone Crusher is super powerful. He wrecks every card that came out or is coming out. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. He there's destroys everything. Two, there's a lot of two toughness creatures from Strixhaven. But anyway... Move along the blog talk. So this blog talk comes from the machine orthodontics or orthodoxy. 
I'm the machine. Uh, no, not that. Um, they asked just for fun. Can you roll a d20 and give us trivia based on the resulting number? Uh, Mark replies back. Yeah, okay. Uh, I rolled a 12. And here are some fun facts. The first 12-12 was a Frixian Dreadnought. Alpha had Force of Nature, which was 12-12. Antiquities eight. had... Or an 8-8, eight, eight, sorry. Yep, yep, yep. Antiquities had a Colossus of Sardia, which was a 9-9. The Dark had Lithian, which was a 10-10. Ice Age had Portal Kraken, which was an 11-11. Mirage Development, I wanted to make a 12-12, but Bill Rose, the lead developer of the set... Said he would only put, add one if it was a cool design. I created the Frexian Dreadnought and showed it to him. He put it right in the set. End of blog talk. Frexian Dreadnought is a one-drop 12-12 that when it enters the battlefield, you have to sacrifice creatures uh, equal to its power for it to stay on the battlefield. Otherwise, you have to sacrifice it. And I'll look up the actual... Wording, Frexian Dreadnought, one mana, artifact, creature, with trample to 12-12. When it enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless you sacrifice any number of creatures with total power 12 or greater. This is a big card in EDH. Mimeoplasm loves this kind of card to be able to put a bunch of counters on it. You would. I would. It is an expensive card now, which is unfortunate. It's just shy of $100. And the Judge promo from 2010 is $200. $208, according to Scryfall here. Dang. I remember when I was looking at this, I'm like, I'm like, because I'm pretty sure it was like 30 bucks when I when I saw it. I'm like, 30 bucks for this? It's like, nah, man, that's not worth it. This thing is going to go down in price so hard. Well, weren't and then you I was wrong? completely wrong. Going to do a quick check on MTG stocks here. And see how low this thing had a low of twelve dollars ninety nine cents back in twenty twelve. Damn, we got these. So let's jump into some of these news quickies here. So a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the uh, mystical archive crux of fate. There was an update that happened after we got done recording. That wizards first off made an announcement that according to Wizards.com, their archives article, it has come to our attention that the card Crux of Fate from Strixhaven School of Mages Mystical Archive may overtly feature Magic the Gathering fan art and the contracted artist did not receive permission for this incorporation. These actions do not reflect the values of Wizards and as a result we will be suspending future work with Jason Felix and until we have been able to bring this matter to a successful conclusion. And then shortly after that, uh, Jason Felix himself replied back, admitting that he did do it. He did uh, plagiarize the arts from the Crux of Fate, which specifically was a Nicol Bolas art and how like it was all designed and stuff. Uh, you can listen to the last newest episode to get more information about uh, that. But Jason Felix did say on Twitter at art underscore Jason Felix, Crux of Fate, I've wanted to make a public response because I wanted to reach out to the affected artist Kit Lapina. Uh, There's an accent, L-A-P-E-N with an accent mark over it, A. Raymond Swalland and Wizards First. 
I was overworked, but that's no excuse. I messed up and I'm trying to make amends. I will be compensating the artists and hope to advocate for their names to be on the cards instead of my own. The artist did not deserve this. It's not much and I don't expect forgiveness, but I hope it's a step towards being better. I'm sorry this ever happened and to let down the fans. So yeah, there we have it. Jason Felix did indeed. It wasn't just a coincidence. They did indeed plagiarize fan art onto this crux of fate. Yep. It only took, what, a matter of hours before fans of the art found it? Yeah, it was pretty It was pretty quickly that they were like, hey, this looks like this. Because when we did the, did the article on Monday, I think it was getting talked about that Friday before. Yep. Can't remember dates. And so uh jason felix came out it wasn't that same night that wizards released their statement which was monday nights two weeks ago uh jason came out a couple days after that i think it was wednesday or thursday with his statement yeah but yeah anyway it's a, a crappy situation but as an artist who's done number of different arts for magic you would think that hey you know the timelines yeah like uh you're an artist who's done worked for Watsi before you know the timelines of when yards do and really you should already have a catalog or portfolio of different known creatures of the set and if you're gonna copy art why don't you just copy an art that you've already done very true i don't know if he did a nickel bolus one though but i mean i don't know artist was pressured it shouldn't have happened the fact that they're not doing work with him seems kind of like a fair punishment in it my is. opinion, it's like you, you lose a bit of respect from a lot of people in the community if you're taking someone's yep. art to work. Understandably so. You don't do that shit. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we move along. Yeah. Tell us about the new Mastery Pass. Yeah. So the Strixhaven set Mastery. This can come with 36 booster boosters, five orbs um, each can redeem for a card style or avatar of the Strixhaven Mastery Tree. But the Strixhaven Mastery Pass, uh, you have avatars dina soul steeper or yeah steeper avatar killian ink duelist zimon quadrix prodigy we have rotha merciel artist and quintoris field historian cards and boosters we have 20 booster packs uh three strike seven three kalheim three zendikar three m21 three ikoria three uh, Throne. Theros. Uh, Theros. And yep. then two Eldrin. Uh, also, we'll have... Uh, we have ten Strixhaven uh, myth- Mythic Rares. Uh, we have five myth- uh, Mythical Ar- Archive ICRs. Um, and level 91 plus, you'll get one times uncommon ICR. Uh, card Sleeves. We'll have Professor of Zumansi, or Zumansi Card Sleeves. Sliver Quill. Archon. Ex- Extremish. Exquisite. There we go. Card sleeve. Words are hard for me. I got you, boo. Everyone here. I got you. Thanks, bud. <laughs> uh, card styles will have 25 orbs, which can be redeemed for card style or avatar and strict seven mastery pass. 15 card common card styles. 10 uncommon card styles. You'll get an event tokens. Uh, so one player draft token. Golden gems. You'll get 4,000 gold, 1,200 gems. And a pet. There will actually be. Five magic book pets, two tiers each. It'll be Little Cody, the the book. Yep. That um, all EDH players are losing their minds over. Yep. 
And it looks like there's going to be 90 levels for this set's mastery. Um, all players receive rewards through level 72. All players with the mastery pass will receive rewards up to level 90 and beyond. To the moon! So if you're if you're a hard arena player, definitely get it. If if you're on there like once a month, don't get it. But hey, I'm just saying, just save your money for something else. What's next on the docket, Matt? My dumbass jumped ahead. At a boy. Because I didn't put it in order. Good job. So from here on, we're gonna rotate these colors here, Danny. I'll do this new updated. Uh, this is the stuff from this week. Now those other those other two things were. Stuff that we should have talked about last week. Kids these days, tell you what. But this week, Magic Kids, the amazing charity that we have talked about in the past, they are teaming up with the Command Zone in a back-to-school special. The Command Zone fundraiser for Magic Kids is going on from April 1st to April 30th. As Magic goes back to school, the Command Zone and Magic Kids are teaming up to send more Magic cards to after-school programs across the country. Uh, learn more and find out how you can help at magickids.org. And also, Card Kingdom is also <laughs> participating in this. And on their Twitter, they said, We had a feeling that this was going to happen pretty quickly. That's why Card Kingdom is going to extend this fundraiser. Card Kingdom will donate $10 per order up to $10,000 to magic kids when you place an order using the link from the command cast below as of now april 10th two days ago when they just announced it the command zone reached their goal and donated ten thousand dollars in just one week they had it out for one week and they made ten thousand dollars and this is going on for the rest of the month magic kids a great charity is getting a lot of money a lot of support and a lot of help through the command zone which is really great that they are shining their spotlight onto this uh onto this benefits this program so links in the description are down for that to see how you guys can help out i definitely will be donating but anyway this is back on the 7th mtg arena announcements as of april 7th 2021 it looks i guess i'll just read the entire thing uh store updates it's time to get Time for some back-to-school uh, shopping. There are stickers, sleeves, and a cute little pop. We've got it all. These new bundles become available April 15th, which is in a few days. But how about a sneak peek? There are borderless planeswalkers, there are borderless planeswalkers, borderless elder dragons, and even Strixhaven School of Mages stickers featuring Roan, uh, Will, Rowan, and Instru uh, Inscrutable Professor Onyx. Now they're all right, I guess, for the stickers. Links will be in the descriptions. But wait, there are more Japanese alternative art mystical art uh, mystical archive card style bundles will also become available, each representing a different color. If you're interested in showing off to your friends, the Forbidden Volumes bundle will feature the card styles for the mystical archive cards that will be banned in historic. Plus, additional card styles will be available through the upcoming Strixhaven College Cup. See the latest state of the game for more info on that. Remember that that. Casmia and Professor Onyx bundles are available now. You can use new sleeves and pets right away. And if you haven't already, be sure to pick up your free Thopter pet when you first log in from an Android or iOS device. Don't let it fly away. And then some upcoming events. Um, would have been last last Friday. FM at home was Omniscience. Omniscience, sorry. Omniscience. I got you, boo. It's Omniscience to me. <laughs> it's always it's always gonna be that way. 
So it looks like quick drafts are going to be going until the 16th from Throne of Eldrain. Starting the 16th will be Kelheim to the 30th. And then starting the 30th until May th- 14th will be Strixhaven. Arena Cube draft will be April, I guess those are from the 2nd till today, or the 15th, sorry. Best of 1 and best of 3. Then we'll have Turbo Draft started on the 10th till the 15th. That's Theros Beyond Death. All players have emblem. All spells cost five less to cast. There we go. It's pretty cool. And then Mythical Qualifier Weekends. Well, last one was last week was actually those are already done. April 10th was Qualifier One. Eleventh was Day Two. Uh, Strixhaven School of Mages launched events. April 15th will be Premier Draft. Also have a traditional draft, and then 15th to the 8th will be the sealed, and then 15th to 8th will be traditional sealed. Next in the news, the Boom Studios comic of Magic is out for purchase now. Magic number one first issue is going to be an ongoing comic series from Boom Studios on sale. Uh, the pre-sale was available online, but now it's ready to be purchased in comic book store so go check out your lgs or your local comic store to see if they got any copies so just uh i guess word of advice read it put it in a bag never touch it again because <laughs> 30 years down the road when this comic is no longer made it's probably worth money is it though i think so i mean i don't i'm not knowledgeable in the comic world and stuff so well how many like how many magic comics have there been I see not that, many. That, that that I don't know. I know they had a bunch of novels. Yeah. Like I, I see you have one on your shelf, but it's the fact that it's a going to be a, basically a one run. I don't know if it's going to be one run or if it's going to have multiple. I guess it depends on how well it does. Yeah, it's going to be a whole series. They're going to have an, an arc. Yeah, but I mean, it it's, all depends on how well it's received and how long it's going to keep going. So either way, it's a first edition, number one. Read it with gloves. <laughs> immediately put it in a paper bag or a uh, comic sleeve and just leave it alone. Hot tips from Danny. Hot tips. Because you know very well the first, 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 um, it's not episode, but first book or comic is going to be worth money. Oh, yeah. No matter, yeah. no matter what series it is, it's usually always worth money. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. There's going to be some some sort of financial gain and stuff behind it. But you want to tell us about those new updates that we just got today from the Commander RNC. So the 2021 April update for Strixhaven from Commander R&D uh, equals no changes. Commander, uh, this is what the article says. Commander is in a pretty good sp- space right now considering wave hands, Wave's hand at everything. We don't feel the need to take any action. We do have our eyes on some cards, but want to wait until we have more in-person play to get a sense of how they would impact the format. While lab- webcams have been amazing for getting through the pandemic, the online environment isn't the same as traditional paper play, as it looks looks like the same uh, looks like the things that start to reopen over the coming months. It makes sense to take a wait and see approach. While there are no changes, rule changes, we do want to highlight a couple features that Strixhaven brings and how they interact with the commander rules. One, any card that has a legendary creature on it, on its front face, can be your commander. But in the case of module dual face cards, you can cast either side. Both cards are subject to the same commander attacks, 
it looks at how many times you've cast the card, regardless of which side you've chose to cast. Strixhaven introduces legendary creatures with sorceries on the back side. For example, you may cast Search from the Blinks. Uh, Blinks. It's Blinks? Blinks. Blinks. Anyway, B-L-E-X. Blinks. There we go. Until it, but it will cost two more to cast if you cost... If you cast Blix, Blacks, sorry, vexing pests earlier in the game, perhaps you should shouldn't have lost them the first time. Number two, learn cards cannot re- retrieve lesson cards while you when they are cast. We are in, we are not interested in introducing sideboards into commanders and are not comfortable with defining outside the game as all cards you own. It was definitely the way years ago and led to a lot of problems and arguments. However, the alternative mode of discard and draw card, uh, draw works fine, as the restriction is limited to the part of the card that looks for a lesson. Playgroups that want to make lessons work are encouraged to find set rules that works for them. We'll be back for Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. In the meantime, we'll continue to stream twice weekly on the RC Twitch channel. On Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time and Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Words are not hard for those guys, though. That's for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is uh, interesting uh, on this. It doesn't seem, you know, I mean, we, we all kind of knew that there never would be a sideboard for Commander. That's one of the things that the RNC has stuck pretty strongly to for as long as I can recall. But the fact that you can just, again, it's Commander. And they said it here, it's like, do your do your group rules and stuff like do well, what works for you that's is... that's the thing commander is tabletop but commander in general has to have a set guideline of rules commander has and always will be 99 card deck with your commander yep no other cards so why would you put a sideboard in it you already have 99 other cards or yeah 99 cards to play with why do you need the extra 15 Right, that's that's uh, twenty five more cards than any sanctioned event of you know seventy five sixty card main and fifteen side. Yep. Yeah, it's. I do I do enjoy the fact though you can make you know if your play group is fine with it and you can have a sideboard like yeah you could do a sideboard because then you can do the wishing and the, the stuff like that. I mean, to each their own. That's for sure. I I think if you if your play group is going to make it work that. Your playgroup, each of you have to make a deck that runs lessons, that runs a sideboard. Yeah, I'd make it fair. Otherwise, well, you could technically make a CDH deck and just wreck them turn three. But it's just a way of, hey, you got to make sure. If you're doing it, make sure you guys are doing it fairly or at least on the same power level. Just don't make some janky-ass broken deck where your your, your friends are going to hate you for the next two weeks and not want to play with you. So one more thing about this that I wanted to comment that I don't think I've seen anybody else comment on. What's up? So with Strixhaven, how we have the creatures with the spell on the back, it was getting talked about, you still have to pay commander tax for how many times that spell's been cast. Yep. Wizards has essentially done Oathbreaker in commander now. <laughs> because an Oathbreaker, you, well, I mean, not, ne- not necessarily, because you can, an Oathbreaker, you can have a Planeswalker. But with this, you... Uh, an Oathbreaker, the rules are you can have, it's a 60-card deck with a, a legendary creature or a Planeswalker, and then you have a signature spell yep. alongside of it that matches its colors, 
and they both uh, with the signature spell, you got to have your commander out to be able to cast that spell, but it yep. also abides by commander tax. Now with cards like Extus, Auric Overlord, which is colorless, white, black, black for a 2-4 legendary human warlock, uh, double strike, magecraft, you cast a copy and instant sorcery, return target non-legendary creature from your graveyard to your hand. It has a spell in the back. It's an MDFC with a spell in the back. Yep. So it gives you... It gives you the signature spell of this deck because this would be a Mardu-style deck because the backside is six black-red sorcery, additional cost to cast the spell. You may sacrifice any number of creatures. This spell costs two less to cast for each creature sacrificed this way. Each opponent sacks a creature. Uh, create a three-six black-and-red avatar creature token with haste, and when this creature attacks, it deals three damage to each opponent. So yeah, you got... It, Wizards is just kind of like snuckly made, but it but it's not gave the ability for commander decks to have oathbreaker style kind of things. But it's not. It's not. But you can kind of see the similarities. Uh, yeah, you can. But it's the fact that you have to choose either the front side or the back side to play. Yeah, but the plus side is you don't need to have your commander out to the back side. No, you don't. With, in EDH, this compared to oathbreaker, where you need to have your commander out. Yeah, but I well, with the, that's the thing with oathbreaker. People's signature spells are usually the most broken car ca- uh, spell that they could choose for that color or color combination. So I don't know. I don't think it's it's close, but it's not there. It's it's like comparing tomatoes and potatoes. They're not the same, but they're the same. They're both vegetables, but they're not the same. Don't start with me. Fun fact: tomatoes <laughs> are not a vegetable. I know they're, they're a fruit, and they're te- edible f- seeds. It's 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 a berry. Yeah, because yeah, it grows on vines. It's a fucking berry. Mm-hmm. So your ketchup is jam. It's, yeah, it's actually jam. In some world, you can put it on a peanut butter sandwich. If you wanted to. <laughs> People out there, let us know. Have, have you never had a buttered piece of toast with ketchup? No. Uh, we got uh, Hey Look behind you in the chat saying, doesn't companion cards have to be in your sideboard? Uh, no. Uh, in Commander, how the rules worked when they set that up is like there's now a companion zone for that. You just have to mm-hmm. meet the criteria. There's no sideboard for it. Um, and wish cards, wish cards, you do need a sideboard, but a lot of the time in a lot of groups, you know, it says pull a card from anywhere. You can just pull it from anywhere. Like uh, this is in the context of uh, EDH here when it's. When it when it involves sideboards, sideboards are not a thing ever, but a lot of people just agree upon. If a card says that you can do this, a lot of time you can just do it. It's when you get into like uh, REL events where you can't have sideboards, and there are REL commander events that don't allow sideboards. But yeah, uh, I can find the article here for you and post it at the end of the episode. Hey, look behind you, so that way you can see the rule committee stance on companions because they wanted to be they wanted people to be able to play companions which is kind of weird that they wanted them to play companions but not have the ability to have access to lesson learned but with companions my my or my way of thinking is the reason they let companions work is because each companion restricts your deck well yeah where whereas a sideboard would break people's decks it wouldn't control it it would break it so I understand why they let, like I said, I understand why they let companions work and not sideboards. All right. So we got, I, I pulled up the article right here for us to ch- check out April 2020 rules update on companion uh, from Toby Elliott. When we first saw the companion mechanic, our immediate reaction was, 
well, this is cool. It won't work in Commander. But looking at the mechanic, there was nothing problematic about it. It was actually the kind of thing that we really like to encourage. Brew with restrictions. There you go, Danny. Since exactly. we want to, uh, since we want the rules of Commander to match up, match up to Magic where possible and healthy and healthy for the format. We took a second look. We still don't think wishes and other get other cards from outside of the game are something we want in Commander. Uh, we highlighted our stance on the wishes in this FAQ, which they link here, and none of the concerns we have with them applied here. The only issue was the mechanic referred to outside the game. If the companion started in the command zone or exile, it would have been fine. Since that's clearly an arbitrary mechanic distinction, how could we adjust the rules to reflect this? It turns out that was easy. The problem with all prior mechanics which used outside the game was their open-endedness. They brought cards in from a giant unbound set. All we had to do was change one word in Rule 11. And Rule 11 is abilities which bring other cards you own from outside the game into the game, such as Living Wish, Spawn Sire of Ulmog, Card of the Great Creator, do not function in Commander. Companion now works within the framework of Commander. It's bringing itself in. And nothing else changes. Similar mechanics will be fine in the future as long as they remain self-contained, though if we think they're problematic, we'll obviously take another look and ask ourselves why. And with this, they banned Lutri, and Lutri is the one where it just goes in any red-blue deck because its deck restriction is you have to have one copy, only one copy of a non-land card in there. So that was the rules on that. So yeah, they liked deck restrictions, and it's because it specifically says itself instead of targeting another card. There we go. I know we talked about PSAs growing a few weeks ago, how they bought out another company. <clears throat> Now they're growing quickly. Um, so this article is from a couple weeks ago on March 30th. Um, it's a PSA customer update. So it goes, hello, PSA customers. Since my last update, the momentum behind the hobby has only accelerated. In fact, Collector Universe President and CEO Joe Orlando recently shared the reality of the surge of the submissions to PSA. I'll try to further illustrate what has happened. The sheer volume of orders that PSA received in March had fundamentally changed our ability to service the hobby. The reality is that we have we received we've recently received more cards in three days than we did during the previous three months. Even with the surge, submissions continue at never before seen levels. Given our growing backlog, it would be in um to sing um disingenuous there we go words are hard for me for us to continue to accept submissions for cards that we that we will not be able to or we will be unable to process in the foreseeable future it's an unpleasant conclusion especially with the march first price increase but is necessary to popular uh, properly serve the customers who have already submitted to psa effective immediately psa is temporarily suspending our value our regular and express service levels this will allow us to fully unbox and receive the recent surge of orders and focus on our most important service lines. We will take a tiered approach to reinducing these service levels. Our goal is to bring all suspended service levels back by July 1st of 2021. 
the collector club members will have their memberships automatically extended to match the duration of the value um, suspension. This extension will ensure existing members have 12 months uh, to (laughs) utilize their annual collector's club benefits. PSA's growth uh, growth planning and captivity expansion remains in full effect. We recently added an additional 58,000 square uh, square feet toward California operations on top of the 62,500 square feet we added a few months ago, furthering our ability to hire and process orders. A successful virtual career fair on March 16th netted many fresh candidates. Today we stand 783 people strong and growing daily compared to 421 employees at Collectors University in January 2020. Please also know the PSA is working on physical office expansion to new international markets and for the first time new grading locations in the United States. This will help defuse submissions across multiple locations and allow PSA to tap into new grading talent across the hobby. More information will be announced in the near future. If you are interested in working for PSA, please email your resume and cover letter to our human resource department at jobs at collectors.com. Those interested in applying to become a grader should contact our grading recruiter, Mike Levin, at mlevin at collectors.com. It's M-L-E-V-I-N-E at collectors.com. This announcement puts our existing customers first. You may you have been extremely patient in waiting for your cards. This change will help get your cards back faster while maintaining the quality and accuracy you expect from PSA. We're working around the clock for you and we appreciate your support as we grow our captivity. Our capacity. Oh, wow. <laughs> Matt, stuck, you get the word. Stuck the landing. Capacity. There we go. Stuck it. Thank you and enjoy collecting. Steve Sloan, President. Yeah, this is a big thing that's not only just affecting Magic players, but it's affecting the sports card world. It's, it's affecting the, the Pokemon the, world. It's just the TCG hobby spectrum. Mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty sure even um, like the Transformers is getting mm-hmm. created. Digimon, the new Digimon that just got released a couple months ago. They're bringing Digimon back? You missed that? Yeah, Digimon's back. They got that. Uh, what? Yeah. I haven't played the game. I haven't seen it, but the people people that I've heard talk about it are like, yeah, it's pretty fun. I, I want the cartoon to come back. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with like, you on that. 96, 97 Digimon. Get back some Agumon and Garudumon. Like first gen. Gabumon, Patamon, mm-hmm. Gatomon. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Get them all back. Oh, man. Welcome to this week in, in Digimon. In that crappy uh, illustration, too. Where you, where you wake up Saturday mornings at 7 o'clock, make sure your volume's down to 2 and make sure you don't wake your parents up. It plays simul- similarly to Mutate. Is Mutate a card game or are you talking about the Mutate ability and magic a Mew the Fox? Because if that's the case, I mean... I, th- I think it is like Mutate because you, you do... Because you, cause, is Mutate a card game? No, like Mutate the ability. Oh, Mutate the keyword. Yep, there we go. Because you play your cards on top of your... Because like Pokemon, you, you can evolve... Like you have your three or whatever phases yeah. in Pokemon, while you evolve your creature along with this. It's like adding equipment in Magic. Exciting! I might have to might have to look into Digimon then. Maybe I don't know. I feel comfortable in my skill of being able to like at least pick up a card game and understand the basics. Gr- yeah, grasp it. Not be good, but grasp it. <laughs> well, yeah, we haven't <laughs> been playing 
Digimon since the beginning. So I never played Digimon. I had a I had a like three binder pages of Digimon cards that I had in mixed in with my Pokemon. That was more than I ever had. Yeah, man. I remember coming to Fargo for uh, doctor's appointments and we'd stop at Target and Target would have the cards in the section and I'd save my money and I'd buy a Pokemon cards and then I'd buy a pack of Digimon cards because I'm like, Digimon's cool. But then I'd always buy the Digimon action figures. Remember those? Where they like actually shifted. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like the the equivalents to Transformers back to the older generation that had the Transformers. Yep. I mean, I had Transformers too. Oh my God. Anyways, PSA. We're talking about PSA here. um so don't worry anybody who has cards that wants to get graded there are other grading services out there beckett uh is definitely the other uh top dog Mm -hmm. i bet they are i bet they are enjoying this potential influx on their side because psa is stopping stop getting cards and it's I don't know, like PSA or PSA is like the standard that everybody knows about. Like when mm-hmm. it comes to grading cards, it's like PSA. Not too many people would probably think of Beckett necessarily, but it's like when you think of a card grading, it's PSA. And so like PSA has that like uh, nostalgia. No, not nostalgia. It's like it's the one that everybody knows, kind of a thing. Um, I, what's, I know there's a word seniority. Shh, I don't um, know if it's seniority, but it, ha- it people know that one. You know, popularity. Uh, Band-Aid is Band-Aid, but they're all, you know, adhesive everything, tapes. Everything, everything is called Band-Aid. Yeah, even though it's not Band-Aid brand Band-Aid kind of a thing. Yep. Because Band-Aid came later. Same with Sheetrock. What? Sheetrock. There we go. It's like the chipboard. Sheetrock. She- uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Sheetrock. Sheetrock is a brand. <laughs> but yeah. So there's Beckett. Uh, CGC just came in, and CGC was popular with grading comic books, and they moved in. So you got to get cards graded. Beckett's out there, and CGC, and I think there's, like, another one, but I do not know it. Yeah, uh, it's, like, GSM. Is that what it is? I think so. The only reason I know this is because I was looking at uh, Facebook at work today. Wow, Danny. Right? Uh but uh, someone posted that they'd bought their significant other, I think it was their boyfriend, a uh, Mewtwo car that was graded like a 10, but then she realized it was uh, like an off-brand mm. grader, which I think was a GSM or GS, GMS. But yeah, that's the only reason I know that. Okay. Yeah. And then I could just be shooting out of my hands. Right? I have no idea. Shooting out of my mouth. Grading services are totally weird because, yeah. Since, like, PSA is, you know, the the standard Mm -hmm. of it, and, like, Beckett seems to be, I don't know, Beckett seems to do better, or not better. They seem to be, explain more what their grading is, because, you know, they got the the different labels. They got the black label, and then the normal, or silver silver label, and they, on each of their labels, they have the centering, the breakdown, the edges, and stuff, but PSA, they just have the PSA 10 and stuff. They don't go into details and stuff. Nope. but, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I think Beckett's a little bit more strict on theirs. So if that's the case, like I don't get why everyone was just flooding to PSA then. Like if, but it's it, I guess it it's, falls to that same thing. It's like PSA is the one that everybody it's knows like it's a, it's a, it's the standard because most places like some some collectors won't buy from Beckett. Like they won't buy cards that are graded from one person. They only buy a one company graded card. Yeah, 
man, grading cards are so weird because it's like you either got you either got the the printer's good day or a bad day. Yep, <laughs> like basically. Where everything's like half a half a millimeter off yep. or the 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 inking is just one color code darker mm-hmm. just by one point and stuff and it's like no go but well it's that's why there's not many gem tens out anywhere so yeah it it it, it boggles my brain really this, this, this is why black load is just sold for how many millions of dollars or uh i think it, i think it was 500k is what it sold for it. It didn't. It didn't cross a million. Like it was getting bid. It was getting yeah, bid on for over a million. Yeah, but then the final sale was like five hundred and twenty thousand or five hundred and thirty thousand. But yeah, that's one of two. And one that was of a, three. Yeah, and that was gem a P- tens. Yeah, it was a P- was that a PSA? It was 10? a PSA gem ten. <laughs> okay. So yeah, to those looking into grade, uh, yeah, yeah. So um, all their services value regular and express. I mean. I don't know what people do. This is gonna be this is this has to be good for PSA though because it's like, why why be swamped and keep delaying things? I think this is a good smart move on there. Yeah, because I want my card back. You've been sitting on that thing for a year now, right? Almost a year. Almost a year. was it July? Yeah, somewhere around there. Okay, so it's coming up to a year since yep. you sent your card in. It's about a year since I've sent my uh, Mox Diamond in. Oofta. Okay. Well, from there, <laughs> it's not like I was gonna be playing with it or anything, <laughs> right? You're just you're just setting that aside for uh, for the college fund of the little tree. Yeah, maybe <laughs> a little sapling. First day of daycare today. Ooh, uh, she blew out her diaper like three times. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, I think poor, I think it was like twice. The poor daycare, <laughs> or one, and then she just threw up all over herself. Welcome to this week in dad stories. Yeah, <laughs> yeah little Kenny. So, we mentioned God, a couple weeks ago that Channel Fireball is merging with Binder POS, a uh, point of sale service, and they are now getting an online marketplace going. And with that, they got a new logo and some changes to their uh, ch- their pro membership. So, cover the article that they came from John Sasso here on their changing logo. Change can be scary. And this is not a change we at Channel Fireball take lightly. We are retiring Ballsy as the main logo for ChannelFireball.com. Did not know that the the Fireball's name was Ballsy. Honestly, I like this logo better than the last one. Oh, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. Like, this is nice, clean, very um, official looking. Professional? Yeah. Uh, so for those that may not know, Ballsy is the name of the iconic Fireball logo, and for over a decade, it's been a huge part of our brand. It's loud, brash, and in-your-face, to be clear. Ballsy isn't going completely away. You'll still see it in the Team CFB Ultimate Guards logo, our merchandise, and popping up in content occasionally. We are transitioning to a new, cleaner look for Channel Fireball. Uh, if you go on Channel Fireball recent, regularly, you'll probably have seen this. It's a C that has like a little fire on the back encased in an orange ball of fire and stuff. It's clean. It's nice. It's a new age logo. 
the change comes at a very important time for us. We have merged with Binder POS to form the CFB group, and we're gearing up for the launch of the Channel Fireball Marketplace. With these changes, we're shifting our brand a bit. Once the marketplace is live, our content, our platform, and our voice are shifting to pumping business and engagement to the lifeblood of our industry, local game stores. This means taking the time now and changing how we think about ourselves, changing how we view our role in the industry, and yes, changing our logo. We're still the same channel fireball, but we're entering a new era of the business with a fresh coat of paint. So are they just going to be the new POS systems for all local stores? This is, from what I am gathering from this, that this is going to be a potential contender to TC, TCG player for the marketplace, from what I understand. Um, the integration and all that stuff behind it, I got some friends that I'll definitely talk to. Again, I took I took a, a, a week off. It's going to be slow getting back into the... <laughs> into the, the the horse the seed of things to get everything figured out but uh, i click on this if, to become part of the channel fireball marketplace you got to have a business name a store name enter out your name email your business license resale license so you have to be an official seller to be able to do this uh have a bunch of frequently asked questions about fees the credit card transaction fees channel fireball be a seller on marketplace what will happen to existing channel fireball store credits uh when will previews of the marketplace be available that one seems kind of important there will be a series of sneak peek videos released as we get closer to launch so there's no date that's set up but this i'm actually kind of i'm I'm excited to see what's going to be happening with this because this if this does become the competitor with a TCG player, like, you know, when it comes to pricing out things, like everybody goes to like TCG mid or TCG market to start going for stuff. And it's like, is channel fireball going to have enough cred to like walk in on TCG player being able to have a, com- a competitive marketplace. Like right now it's TCG player and eBay is where you get a lot of singles and stuff. I mean, yeah. Or or we're, Card we're, Kingdom, where yeah, where well, look, Card Kingdom is Card Kingdom itself. This is like a bunch of different stores coming in oh, one marketplace. Yeah, yeah, I suppose yeah. So those are the only two is TCG and eBay. But now Channel Fireball is coming in, and it's going to be interesting to see what they're doing because clearly they've seen what TCG Player has done. They've seen what eBay has done. eBay has their new um, shipping feature with cards of value of twenty or less. Jeez, uh, we talked about that a month, two months ago. God, yep. If I can remember these names of these things, go check out like six, six or seven episodes ago. We talked about it. Check the check the descriptions because the links are in there. But they have this mailer system where if you can mail out cards that are insured up to twenty bucks, all in these. And it's apparently it, I've never sold on eBay. It's a great deal uh, for eBay sellers. So now Channel Fireball is like looking at all this kind of stuff, and they're now jumping into here and i feel that they got like picking up binder pos as a way to go through this well it's it's a way to actually have a marketplace already set because i'm sure binder pos already had their layout and all there's like kinks worked out so it's literally buying a store that's already self-sufficient um self-running and you're just putting your name on it and adding a few tweaks to it it was a great move for channel fireball um Agreed. And they they have the knowledge of mistakes from eBay and TCG's player to not do them or have fixes already set. 
for those mistakes. We will definitely be uh, covering this as it goes on because this is going to be a great story to follow, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yep, uh, yep. I guess I guess a, discla- uh, a, a disclaimer, I am a Channel Fireball Pro Plus payer. I paid for their Pro Plus. It's good content, their articles and stuff that they have. I don't know. I like them. So I'm definitely I'm definitely excited to see where this goes. But yep, bias. Uh, so covering CFB Pro there, there was one other article I wanted to read about. CFB Pro is going to be changing because of this and what it means for anybody who wants to become a CFB Pro member or uh, those that are currently CFB Pro members. So Channel Fireball is becoming Channel Fireball Marketplace, which means exciting changes for the CFB Pro. What is changing? So starting April 13th, which is tomorrow, Tuesday. So by the time if you're listening live right now, you're good. You have a chance to jump in on this. But if you're listening to this as the podcast comes out, you are out of luck. Uh, starting April 13th, new CFB Pro Plus members will get access to all our articles and the Pro Showdown entry. Plus, you get $10 in store credit every month, $5 store credit if you spend 100 or more a month, and $5 bonus store credit if you sell $100 during the month. We also evolve into the Channel Fireball Marketplace. Your store credit will be valid at every retailer on the marketplace. Uh, so with all the retailers coming into this marketplace, let's say, you know, J-Dubs makes it onto the CFB Marketplace and another uh, local game store, Paradox. If they both made it onto the Channel Fireball Marketplace, my Channel Fireball credit would be available for both of those places. Very cool thing i think with that not only uh i mean tcg player does that as well not only will you have access to an even larger inventory of magic flesh and blood and pokemon but you will be supporting your local businesses while finding the best deals on the internet so to clarify for your current members and those that are considering the subscription members currently under a yearly subscription will continue to get the same benefits they've been enjoying until december 31st 2021 member Monthly members will move to the new benefit structure at their first renewal after April 13th. For those who signed up for yearly CFB Pro Plus membership before April 13th, your benefits will change over on December 31st, 2021 with everyone else. But you'll still get your full 120 of store credit with your $99 subscription fee. When you renew in 2022, you won't be able to get the $20 bonus credit you will renew at $99 for the $100 store credit. If you are if you're not currently a CFB Pro member and want to take advantage of the existing benefits, you can register now before the 13th, do the $99, but on December 31st, all members will move to the new benefit structures, so this is your last chance to get in. So those listening live, if you want to get in on this, I mean it's $100, it's $99 and you get 120 in store credit. So I mean it's not that bad of a deal, I'd say. But yeah, Channel Fireball making some big waves there. I feel like that's a good position to move over and talk about uh, weekly winners. Yep, I a- think so. As always, we read these amazing articles off of mtgstocks.com. They have a weekly winners article where they talk about three cards that have moved up in price or three cards that, and three cards that are moving down in price for all of your magic needs. So last week... Uh, we didn't have an episode, but there's one card from last week that I want to talk about because I, I called it. I think we should just go over all of them then, not just not just ones. Uh, <sighs> okay, well, pat you on the back. Okay, fine. So you can self self pat yourself on the back. Cha ching. So last week's. 
cards that moved up in price. Deserted Temple. This is a card printed in Odyssey. It has a land that taps for colorless. You may pay one, tap it, untap target land. It has only had the one printing. It is not on the reserve list, if I'm not mistaken. It is not on the reserve list. Yeah, Odyssey didn't make it on the reserve list. But it moved up 200%, now sitting at $198.98. Market price on this thing, you can find them for about 50 bucks still. Average price is 103 That means there's some people on TCG Player that are selling it higher. A foil one of this, because Odyssey did have foils, is $341. According to the article, our number one winner this week is quite surprising. Deserted Temple is not only a card with an intrinsic high power level like many other cards above 150 have, just by itself or next to some basic lands. Deserted Temple is pretty useless. Uh, in that case, you can use it to fix your colors when you don't draw enough lands to pay for double-colored mana. It could come in handy in limited. Desert Temple only gets really good when you play it next to lands that give more than one mana when you tap them. So like Cabal Coffers, Cabal Stronghold, Gaia's Cradle, any of the Karoo lands. Deserted Temple's ability kind of functions like a flexible copy of another land you control. Uh, the recent rise to unbelievable heights is mostly due to the popularity of Keldheim commander Terragrid, god of frights, the one commander that caused so many spikes in these recent months uh, for the reason of Cabal Coffer's synergy there, because Terragrid is the black black 3, 4, 5 legendary god with menace. When an opponent sacrifices a non-token permanent or discards a permanent card, you may put a card from your, from return Put that card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. So it just helps ramp out in the mono black decks for that. Weekly winner number two, and the one that I'm going to pat myself on the back for here, we have Mox Tantalite. This card is going for, or has jumped up 169% now sitting at $16.50. This card came out in Modern Horizons 1. It is an artifact with no mana cost and suspend three for zero mana. So you pay zero, it enters, the, uh, rather than cast this card from your hand, pay zero, exile it with three time counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, remove a time counter. When the last one is removed, cast it without paying its mana cost. And then it taps to add a mana of any color to your mana pool. Uh, yeah. You can. It's only had the one printing from Modern Horizons. The mark price is currently thirteen dollars twenty three cents. Average fifteen ninety five. A foil one is going for sixty one eighty. So, uh, whenever you think of a mox, your first thought won't be mox tantalite. Sure, it's a mox in name, but it doesn't work like the old moxes. But what makes this good is the new a new commander that was spoiled in Strixhaven, Osgur. The Reconstructor. Osgur, the Reconstructor, is white-red 2 for a 4-4 legendary giant artificer with vigilance. You pay 1, sack an artifact, target creature you control gets plus 2, plus 0 until end of turn. Has a second ability of X, tap. Exile an artifact with mana, mana value. I was going to say convert a mana cost there, but mana value. Uh, X from your graveyard. Create two tokens. That's copies of the exile card. Activate this only as a sorcery. So the second ability allows you to exile an artifact from your graveyard for X, and by doing so, you get two copies of it. And remember, X can be zero. So Mox Tantalite has a zero mana cost. And for zero mana and tapping this guy, you get two mana <laughs> for 
from this. I mean, you exile the mox Tantalite, yes, but for two two mocks that tap for anything, for for just tapping your Osgur, seems pretty good. There's a video from Bad Boy MTG in this. Uh, article, so I would highly recommend you go and look at that. Uh, uh, and again, this was the card that I called out. Uh, my my reasoning for this is because it's a mox. Mox cards seem to move up in price, and I bought a crap ton of them at three dollars. Yeah, and it's like good investment. Lotus Bloom was like ten dollars. Lotus Petals ten dollars, and stuff like that. And I'm like three dollars seems like a really good deal for this. Lotus Bloom is cheap. No. Oh, is it? How much yeah. is Lotus Bloom? Like three dollars. No watch it's gonna move back up then <laughs> hopefully i have two of them anyways next on the weekly winners for last week's we're gonna cover these quick so uh you're gonna do just so you know you're gonna do all three of the losers or all six of the losers together i'll read finish the weekly winners on this week and then do the weekly winners next week and then you do the weekly losers oh my god and just like group it all up there fine i think we get a buy fast that way so next on the weekly winners, Windswept Heath and all other Onslaught fetches are moving up in price. Uh, Windswept Heath is, jumped up 177% at $110. Windswept Heath. This is supposed to be the cheapest one. Uh, you got Bloodstain Mire also really up there in price. Uh, Polluted Delta, 122. Wooded Foothills, 137. Bloodstain Mire, 89. Flooded Strand, 80. Pluto Delta, all fetches from Onslaught spiked this week, but Windswept was the largest. The primary reason for this uh, had been the most had had the most room to grow. Netting a high percentile growth is easier for your cards that are worth less. The other reason for the demand of Windswept Heath is probably the number one modern deck, Heliod Company. So those are the rough reasons for those. Oh, there's only two cards. Yeah, just give us the cheap pickups here on this one, Danny. Oh, now that I'm out of it? Oh, were you out of it? You don't read along. No, I was in it, but you're like, hey, no, you can do it next week. Do them all together. I know. I changed my mind a lot. Asshole. You love me. Make up your fucking mind. It's made up. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. So for the first weekly winner or loser, however you want to say it. Cheap pickups. There we go, cheap pickups. Is Arcbound Ravager sitting at $12.25, all-time low and bottomed out. Two generic artifact creature with the zero zero. Uh power toughness, sacrifice an artifact, put a one one counter on Archbound Ravager. It has modular one. Um it comes into play with a one one counter on it. When it it when it's put into a graveyard, you may put a one one counter on target artifact creature. And next up we have a chroma vision of Exodor. Exodor, yep. Sitting at five dollars and forty eight cents, all time low and slightly downtrend. It's a white white five Legendary Creature Angel for a 6-6. It has Flying, First Strike, Vigilance, and Trample at the beginning of each combat until end of turn. Each other creature you control gets plus one, plus one if it's Flying, one, one if it's First Strike, and so on for Double Strike, Death Touch, Haste, Hexproof, Indestructible, Lifelike, Menace, Protection, Reach, Trample, Vigilance, and Partner. This guy also is a Partner card. So yeah, your, your guys can get pretty big if they have all of that. Indeed. Now... Let's move on to this week's weekly winners. First winner, we have Tempt with Reflections. 
This is a card that was only printed in Commander in the Commander 13 product. It jumped up 579%. Now it's hitting at $14.94. It is blue three sorcery with tempting offer. Choose target creature you control. Put a token on the battlefield that's a copy of that creature. Each opponent may put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of that creature. For each opponent who does, put a token on the battlefield that's a copy of that creature. So the article reads, I hate to admit this, but I have no idea why this card went up as much as it did, so I hope that readers can point me in the right direction, whether it be from a Reddit thread or Twitter. Uh, first of what struck me on this super fun political card not only can you give yourself a copy of a creature you control but your opponents can choose to get a copy as well for each opponent who decides to do so you get an additional copy of that creature my second thought is that it may be once again because of orvar uh unfortunately it is not because of orvar um this card has moved up in price due to a Strixhaven precon uh deck um Adrix and Nev Twincasters. There's an edit at the end of this article that says that, yeah, it goes with this. So Adrix and Nev, it's a new card from the Strixhaven Commander decks. Green, blue, two for a 2-2 legendary Merfolk wizard with Ward. Ward is the new uh, evergreen keyword that reads, when this creature becomes the target of a spell or ability, an opponent controls, counter it, unless that player pays two mana in this case. So, if one or more tokens would be created under your control, twice that many of those tokens are created instead. So, for four mana, you're making two copies of a creature, but then if your opponents start making tokens, you're getting more. Yep. So, this thing is really bonkers. And if your opponents allow you to get tokens, they're, 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 I feel they're playing the game wrong. But the next one, moving up in price, is Fable of Wolf and Owl. Another card that is moving up because of Adrix and... Uh, what's its name? It's just, it was just right there. Adrix and Nev. Uh, Fable of Wolf and Owl has from Eventide. It's only had the one printing. It's jumped up 485%, now sitting at $24. I got two of those cards, just because. Solid. Uh, it is th- uh, three mana, hybrid... Simic, 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 Enchantment. When you play a green spell, you may put a 2-2 green wolf creature token onto the battlefield. Uh, When you play a blue spell, you may create a one blue bird creature token with flying. So this, again, goes off with Adrix and Nev. Whenever you cast a spell, you're getting two tokens alongside. So if you cast a green and blue spell, you get two wolves and two birds on top of that. So cast an Uro. Uh, let's say, let's just, just go balls to the walls here. Let's say you escape an Uro. You get 6, 10, 12 power on the board for four mana. Danny's shaking his head for the podcast listeners. <laughs> do, do, do. Next in the weekly winners, we have Kaya's Guile. This one has only been printed once from Modern Horizons 1. It's jumped up 167%, now sitting at $7.95. It is black, white, one, instant speed. Choose two. Each opponent sacrifices a creature. Exile all cards from each opponent's graveyard. Create a one, one, white and black spirit creature token with flying, or you gain four life. And then it has an entwine cost of three. So choose all of these if you pay the entwine cost. So for six mana, you get all of those effects. This card has been doing very well 
in Esper control decks and can also be found in the five color Mizzet deck, uh, five color Niv Mizzet decks in modern. And with it only having one printing, people are very high on this. It's typically a two, two split, two in the main, two in the side. There is a list from Balthazar in this article that's uh, going off an Esper control list. If interested, go check that out. And it also shows a list of the Niv-Mizzet Reborn deck having Kaya's Guile in it as well. Now, Danny, you ready for them cheap pickups? I suppose, since JB's not here. (laughs) Um, So cheap pickups this week are going to be the Time Spiral Remastered Edition. Uh, First on the list is True Name Nemesis. Sitting at nine ninety eight, two blue and one colorless mermaid, uh, mermaid, merfolk rogue. Um, as true name Nemesis enters battlefield, choose player. True name Nemesis has protection from chosen player. So three one. Uh, then we have Kiki Jiki, mirror breaker, red 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 two, legendary creature, goblin shaman, haste with the ability of tap, create a token that's a copy of target non-legendary creature you control, accept it as haste. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. It's a 2-2. It's now sitting at 1481. Next up, we have Young Pyromancer. Red 1 for Human Shaman. When we cast an Inter Sorcery, create a 1-1 Elemental Creature. A Red Elemental Creature Token. It's a 2-1. All of these are the uh, Time Spiral borders of them uh, with True Name Nemesis. Uh, it's notable. It's not the cheapest version, but it's notable because this is a card that was pre-selling for around 20 bucks. Yep, I got one of them. And uh, Young Pyromancer, the same thing. You can get the Jumpstart edition of Young Pyromancer for 55 cents, but this uh, Time Spiral border was pre-selling at $15. So I didn't pull any of those. Well, there you have it. Those are the weekly winners. If you guys are interested on keeping track on cards as they move up or down in price, we highly recommend that you check out the amazing site tcgsniper.com. When you sign up, mention that the guys over at This Week in MTG sent you, and you will get three months of their Plus membership for free. Highly recommend it. It's worth checking out. And if you're not satisfied with it, you just cancel at the end of that three months. But use that three months to like pick up cards like mark a, mark, mark a Mox Tantalite for when it reaches $20. And then you can sell at $20. Yep. Or if you want to be picking up a Time Spiral Border uh, Young Pyromancer for $0.55, cents, add in the card, and then you'll get notified when it drops to that price. TCG yep. Sniper, highly recommend. Go check them out. All right. We have been doing this podcast for a good chunk of time, and we will not have time for Deck of the Week because we had a lot to catch up on. So we are at the end of the episode here. That we are. Thank you all. Thank you all to thank. Words. Words are hard, Jesus. guys. We're, Words are hard. We're in the final stretch, and I'm just tongue tied. Thank you all, legendary magic folk, for making it to the end of episode 84 of this week in MTG. You guys can listen to the podcasts on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, any other podcast platform where better podcasts can be found. How many times can I say podcasts in a sentence, Danny? Way too many How times. How many times can I do that? You can also watch us live on YouTube and Twitch. We record Monday nights around 7 o'clock. Mark your uh, notification bars. Hit that follow button. There we go. Subscribe. Speaking of follows, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We share news and other articles and stuff happening up on there. Another good place to follow us is you can join our Discord. Uh, we are posting stuff in the discord we find games 
uh, Games of Magic on there. Took a took a bit of a break, but I plan to jump back in there. Head headstrong. I'll take you on. Headstrong take on anyone. There's also other channels that we have different topics like Pokemon Minecraft where you can share music. If you got if you don't want to hit us up on any of those platforms, you can send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. We appreciate feedback of any kind. You know, we're definitely trying to strive to be you guys' source for all things new source for all things Magic the Gathering. And finally, please go send love over to our amazing sponsor, JW Sports Cards and Gaming, for all your magic purchases. Now, yeah. Do you got anything else to add to this? No. Perfect. Nothing that's worthwhile. Nothing that's worthwhile. Okay. We can live with that. Thank you all, magic folk, and we will catch you next week. See ya. But JB, you're short. I know you're not going to listen, but you're short.